Welcome to Testfree Roulette, a podcast where my panel guests could be asked to discuss any testing topic decided by randomly selected test-free cards. I'm your host, Christopher Kikinger. Let's start testing. Hello and welcome to the Testfree Roulette podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kikinger, and today we have two special guests here with me, Eva, Eva and Alexander. I'll let them introduce themselves. And of course, ladies first, Eva, who are you and what do you do? Hello, hello. I'm obviously a tester. I work on the backend team of Showmax, which is kind of like Netflix, but in Sub-Saharan Africa. But I live in Prague, which is a challenge in and of itself, uh, being so far away from your customer base. Anyway, fun fact about myself, I don't know if it's fun, but I have recently picked up violin again after at least 15 years of not touching it. So I'm exploring the world of jazz and swing violin. And Okay. I'm not, not great, but I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> as, as long as you think it's fun, then it counts as a fun fact. <laughs> um, Alexander? Who are you? What do you do? And a fun fact. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Alexander Romanov. Um, I'm software engineer and test working in IOHK. Uh, it is like a company that works on the blockchain, and I'm also working in this blockchain world. Um, I'm in the testing world for almost like 10 years, mostly in automation roles. Um, and the fun fact about me, I also, like, uh, I, I finished musical school uh, on violin, uh, but I never touched it, uh, maybe, like, in the 15 years uh, after <laughs> that. Uh, and right now I'm playing only uh, guitar. All right, nice. Um, are you guys ready to play a fun game of Test for Your Lab? Yes, yes, very much so. All right. For our listeners at home, uh, it's from the card deck Test Sphere. I'll read the summary. I'll read the title, and we'll go off with that. And then, uh, if needed, I'll share some of the examples on the cards. I'm going to spin the wheel. Here we go. So it landed on a blue card, confidentiality. It's a quality aspect. Whether the right users get access to the right things and nothing more. Do you guys have any experience with that? Or issues? Well, on our side, not, not in terms of uh, external users, but for internal users, for employees, different tiers of access, like a customer care agent should get less access than a boss or somebody. And there's always this trend of us on the back end not wanting to give, sorry, give access to anybody and them wanting, wanting more access and being able to give refunds to users and whatnot. So we always get being bonged by tickets to change access rights for different roles. And, but uh, we have actually a really nice testability features on our platform 
where we can, on the staging environment, change our own role to check which role gets access to what. So that's really handy to have in terms of testing confidentiality levels. Yeah, nice. How about you, Alexander? Um, yeah, so it's a major part of, of the things that uh, we are doing in, during testing. So basically, uh, the, like the, the major part of our software uh, needs to work, uh, not only for all the users. Uh, we, like all of the users have the own like passwords uh, and like master passwords and derived passwords. And uh, based on these, uh, we need to check whether uh user has an access for example to their wallets or not that's one of type of tests uh, another type of tests whether um some uh, attacker can guess this password or can use some some part of password to to guess uh, uh the some user password and to to get the to their accounts so yeah that's a major part of the testing in the blockchain world I'll um I'll also read like one example on the card here. Who gets permission to change user permissions? In other words, who watches the watchers? <laughs> How does that work with you guys? Mm, basically, um, it is actually like. Mm, if you are talking about the decentralized setup, uh, it is like only the user who is the watcher. So the user is responsible for their passwords uh, and all of these, uh, their interactions with the system. So only the user can generate a new password, can substitute it, or if the, if the user has lost it, his, its password, then uh, it is not uh, like, it is not uh, possible to use uh, to, to, to use our software, for example. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in terms of like the overall, um, of course, it should be like an admin users who are watching on the permissions. And it is like a major, major part of, of many applications. Like, uh, for example, in, in I think it, in, in almost any application, um, there is some part that is uh, only allowed to the administrator to use. How about you, Eva? Uh, who who has the right to change user permissions? Well, us, the backend team. We're the gods of, <laughs> gods of permissions, and we can do basically anything that we want because we live directly in the part of code that drives this these features. And who watches us? Nobody, I guess. <laughs> we're a bunch Ooh, of responsible. We're a bunch of responsible adults doing our job the best we can, and I mean, we're not in finances or or anything, so it's not like that we would be able to cause somebody to lose millions or or whatnot. The worst we can do is you know, make somebody unable to watch their favorite Friday evening show. So. That's about it. That's important as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, do you actually review the the permissions as well? Like, somebody gets a permission, let's say maybe for like three months, and after three months you have to review it, or how does that work with you? 
in some places there can be like a usage of tokens uh, that has a limited uh, like time timeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after, for example, like a few months, this token uh, is actually becomes um, unavailable, and then users should uh, recreate the token. It's a, like a general um, general way how it's done. Uh, and in terms of, for example, the access to the software, um, um, yeah, it, it should be uh, ideally <laughs> more than one person who is watching the the permissions for everybody because uh, like the, the human uh, human beings uh, can can make errors actually it is <laughs> uh, our profession to to find and to prove this <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah uh, in terms of users we've got the permissions uh, in real time basically every time the users tries tries to watch something or tries to access something we get a call to the back and asking do they have a valid subscription as of this very moment so that's that's basically it can change second from second. In terms of internal users and their tiers of permission to access different types of like user account management, uh, that's tied to their role and users can, the, the employees can change their role if they're promoted, demoted, whatnot. Uh, but I don't know honestly what the process is there because these people mostly live in Africa and we don't get so much contact with them. We just watch them from afar. All right. Um, I'll read another example, and then we can move to another card. Um, If you work with contractors or consultants, how are your data and ideas protected? Do you use, like, non-disclosure agreements or something, or anything else? Or don't you work with contractors or consultants? Well, in, in our company, contractors get the same access as internal employees. So there's no like difference there. Uh, the only difference would be uh, if somebody would be hired for like a very short-term contract, like a trial contract before we decide when, whether we actually want to hire them or not. Then there would be some restricted access. But uh, when we actually hire somebody, then... It makes no difference whether they're a contractor or an employee. Yeah, we have the same situation. So we are working with different people from employees to contractors. And um, like there is no difference between uh, the way how we work and between the accesses. So we are just uh, doing uh, the work that we need to do. Just a side question for myself. Let's say you guys have production access. Do contractors have production access as well like yes really oh that was a fast yeah, answer absolutely. <laughs> yeah absolutely I, mostly i don't know who's an employee who's a contractor because uh, we just work in okay. exactly the same way all right cool. yeah yeah all right um let's go to the next card i'm gonna spin the wheel It's another blue card, another quality aspect. It's called complexity. Complexity is dependent on the context of on, of the project. What is making your app difficult to build? 
Well, for us, it's um, the backend uh, consists of more than a hundred microservices, and then there are all different front-end apps that communicate with the backend, and the complexity like lies not only in the code itself, but also in the fact that nobody knows the system as a whole. So everybody mm. knows just their own little area, and it's sometimes uh, tough to find out how the systems communicate and ensure that communication between those people happens so the communication between the systems is sorted out. I think that's uh, mainly my job as a tester to kind of have a bird's eye view of the whole system and of the whole of all the interactions that are going on in there so that I can and help bridge the gap between different groups of developers that work on different different parts of it. How about you, Alexander? Um, in terms of microservices world, I think the complexity can be uh, like uh, um, can be like resolved uh, a little bit with uh, the help of contract testing. So in my previous job, we uh, done like the contract testing from the like from the idea to the actual implementation on the also on the backend side uh, for like also like two hundred microservices or more, and it helped uh, testers actually uh, to build this map of wh who is uh, using what uh, microservices and what which microservice microservice uh, depend on which. Uh, and also this approach, like contract tests, um, allows uh, like um, people and the like people of the whole and developers, testers, and the whole team to communicate with each other. So it actually elaborates all the communication, and then uh, it is when it implement it, it is implemented well, then it is not possible to break uh, to introduce some breaking change uh, without notifying a lot of people. So it, it makes um, a job of the tester a little bit uh, less painful, especially when you are dealing with like <laughs> <laughs> this black box with hundreds of microservices. Uh, in terms in terms of my current job, we also have like a complex setup. It's not a microservices; it's like the components. And the complexity here is uh, you need to understand first, like also the, from the bird view, uh, how these components work work together how it's tied to the bigger system and um, generally speaking like a complexity um, it's um, the way how we um, how we look into the system uh, on which scale we are looking uh, on the system so we can look at it as a, like also the, as a black box and using only the apis and that's all and we can uh, scale like down uh, to the particular service or the component and uh, and also like as uh, I, i'm also interested in like distributed systems and i think uh, comparing to the uh, to the general like websites like the, the medium-sized website it's a uh, um of course um easier to test than uh, the, the big uh, and complex uh, distributed system because it connects uh, like the it can connect like thousands of nodes and then the, it is like from from the first side it is complex and uh, to test so the complexity is high but when you know how to test 
one piece and you know how it is interconnected, then it's, it becomes a lot of easier, easier to test. So yeah, the complexity is like a big thing uh, nowadays. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, I'll, I'll read one of the examples on the card. The software that beats even the most battle-hearted chess masters uses a basic kind of artificial intelligence to predict human chess behavior. How would you test this? Good question. I would, this on an I would bring in my brother who is a chess player. <laughs> <laughs> like artificial intelligence in, in by itself how would you guys test it or not maybe or what's your opinion about it um actually the, the, it is like a general approach to test artificial intelligence and machine learning systems uh it's we need to um, come up what we want to achieve with this algorithm uh and we need to prepare like a, a whole bunch of test data then on the part of the data, we need to uh, like use it for training our algorithm, and the second part of the data will be used as a like a, a real test data. Then we can compare with the using this uh, trained like set of data uh, algorithm can do what we are expecting. Uh, from it to do, or um, it is not possible to do. And uh, for now, I think it is uh, partly automated because it, there are some uh, libraries, especially like for machine learning, that we can um, feed a lot of data to. Uh, and uh, to, I, I don't think that we can come up with 100% like true uh, pass or fail here. But we can um, get information about like probability on how probable the answer will be correct or not. Yeah. And um, I recently read uh, an interesting article about testing an AI um, from Jason Arbon, uh, and, and also he wrote a wonderful article about uh, how uh, he can test uh, the. Uh, chat GPT uh, application or API. It is a really fascinating thing to read. Um, and um, yeah, you can easily find this article. I think it's in on Medium or other places. All right. I'm definitely going to read it. <laughs> do, do you have yes, anything definitely. to add to Eva? Yeah, I haven't had the opportunity to play with uh, testing and AI yet. So thank you. I'll definitely look into that article. It sounds super interesting. All right. Um, are you guys ready for another card? Yes. Yeah. All right. Spinning the wheel again. Here we go. Ooh. Uh, it's an orange card. It's a patrons card. Automation. Robots. They may not have a heart or brain, but they can do quick and awesome computations. I guess it's 
since it says robots, it's not so much about desktop automation, but maybe about RPA, but that's my own assumption that I make. So do you guys have any experience with this? I, I don't, to me, to me, this question sounds a bit like any, uh, a tester is viewed as somebody who clicks uh, on stuff based on a test case and automation is like a robot that auto automates the very same hmm. thing. and. I'm kind of not a fan of this approach because <laughs> both I, I feel that both come from a place of not having an investigative mind and not wanting to find out what's beneath the surface and how the system actually works on the inside. And uh, there's a lot of understanding lacking. How about you, Alexander? Um. I don't have any experience with robotics and RPA, but uh, if we if we talk about automation, like in general, uh, for me it's like a um, very broad topic. Uh, and um, in most cases, when I talk to other testers about automation, it it is about like uh, using some Selenium or some tool to to actually execute some end-to-end -end tests. Uh, in UI and in some rare cases it, it is something connected to the API or like HTTP API and some tools uh, for, for doing it but uh, in my opinion automation it's a very broad thing so it's it's it uh, it doesn't stick to only to UI and API it's anything any tool or any script uh, that helps you to do things like repetitive things uh, quicker and better for example, if you use uh, some Python script or Bash script for generating uh, a lot of test data, it is also test automation or automation itself. If you are um, like uh, connect some even some uh, point like some uh, elements in in some um, DevOps pipeline. Uh, it is also automation because it, it does some things automatically without your involvement and you are just controlling the results. So um, that's why uh, when when it goes to, for example, to learning to program or to to do a test automation, uh, learning to program is only um, a tool that helps you to do testing. It's not like a goal sure. that it will substitute testers or their work. I love to yeah, add to that. I, oh, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that you brought up the idea of uh, like using scripting automation for things other than automating the tests themselves. I just remembered I once wrote a script in Postman to make me, uh, to, to help me create an uh, order uh, of a special state that was really, really hard to achieve manually, like uh, an automatic uh, renewal of an order is created and then it waits a bit and then it finds the user credit card and then it waits a bit and somewhere in the middle in between of this, uh, the credit card fails or something. And this is really something that is hard to achieve manually because it, you need to have precise timing. Uh, so I just created a little script in Postman that queried the API repeatedly. And when it got to the correct state, then it did something and it was awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I can definitely see that being like very useful. Um, what I wanted to add, because you said like Python and boring stuff and automate, and I was uh, looking at the card at the second um, 
example here and I'll quickly read it. Need to do boring checking activities? Automate them and free up your time for new and interesting tests. And that got me thinking about a book that I read a few years ago, Automate the Boring Stuff with Python. It's a very fun book. Um, have you guys ever automated anything else except for like testing work? Actually, I prefer to automate, for example, some uh, repetitive things that is related to work. So, for example, like updating configuration files or something like that, uh, especially when, when we need to update it in, in the multiple places, like in the like thousands of places. And uh, you need to do it uh, manually each time, for example, for each release. And it can be done in the scripting you know, using like scripts. Uh, and one another example that I can uh, offer here for using automation. Um, in in some previous projects, we are testing the game that involves some uh, some amount, some some place of prob probability. So you just push the button and then you get the results, but uh, with some probability. So you you can win or you can lose, like the, the any any machine. So. Um, First of all, the testers are testing it uh, using like the manual steps. So they're just clicking uh, it uh, and and hope that it will be a uh, win in the end. And uh, automation actually helped to uh, to do um, the functionality that is uh, for any other game. It is like a save for a game. So you just uh, put the machine into the desired state, then you uh, then you are just click the button and you will uh, for 100% sure that the next step or the next click will go to the win situation. So it is like a huge thing uh, in terms of automation because it um, it actually uh, helps uh, to, know, um, to eliminate a lot of repetitive uh, tasks and steps. You're just run it once and then you click uh, only once and you get the results so automation can can be can be anything that that is um, um connected to computer or and not only to computer but to anything that that is accessible via api some sort of api yeah, yeah. A, a, a project I really want to do, but I didn't have the time yet, is uh, we have a groceries delivery service here. And when some uh, food is close to the expiry, they give it with a significant discount. So, so that I don't have to check the discount page every so often, I would like to automate the API to, to check it and, and then send me an email when something I really want gets goes on discount. But that's a project that's on my back burner for quite a long time now. That's actually really interesting <laughs> to do, yeah. <laughs> I might do that as well here. <laughs> um, one more card. All right, spinning yep. the wheel again. Here we go. It's a purple card. It's a negative feeling. Um, uncertain. You're doubting yourself. You can't be sure and you don't have enough information to be confident. 
That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, isn't that our whole life experience? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, in, in terms of uh, not having enough information, I really enjoyed the BBST Foundations course that I took recently because we uh, in, in there I got a lot of tools in terms of finding, uh, testing oracles, finding this information on how to decide is this a bug, is this not a bug, how is this supposed to behave. So that was really, really helpful. All right. And you, Alexander? Um, yeah, so the, the one one side of story is uh, that we need to be confident on whether what we are observing, whether it's correct or not. It's uh, the, the um, question of oracles and question of data or, let's say, uh, any documentation that we have. But another side, uh, like in my opinion, another side is the, our confidence in ourselves as a testers or as a, uh, technical people. Uh, it is closely connected to the imposter syndrome. So if you are learning something, if you are joining to a new project, uh, no matter how much experience you have, you will f like feel a little bit unconfident, especially when you have a huge project you, um, in new area, then uh, you <laughs> you will be uncertain, and you will be uncertain whether you need you should do um, something or not. Uh, you will be uncertain on how to do things, but uh, as the, the only way how you can uh, fight with it or how you can overcome it is to actually to um, gradually learn the project, gradually learn new skill, and prize yourself um, um, whether you achieve something or you can build something uh, with a new skill. Um, it is a good thing, and you you can like congratulate yourself. <laughs> and that's that's only the only way how you can deal with it because uh, um, the amount of tools and new technologies uh, are like vast and they uh, like. Um, we have like hundreds of new technologies each year. It is not possible to know everything. Sure. And, uh, but <laughs> it is possible to have this imposter syndrome uh, very quick because you are going to conferences, you are going to like podcasts or something, uh, and you, are, um, you, you hear about these new fancy technologies and you feel that you are outdated. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know anything. And uh, the whole world, so for example, like the testing world, goes uh, really fast and um, just um, you uh, get from this uh, train that goes um, um, uh, in the future and you are just doing your um, basic things. So, yeah, the only thing is to communicate with people and to understand that it is normal. Mm -hmm. It is normal to, know, to don't know anything or something, let's say. And the more you learn, the more you realize that there is still to learn and the more you actually don't know <laughs> because you become aware of things you didn't even know that existed and actually your uncertainty grows instead of shrinking. Yep, exactly. Yes. Um, let me read one example uh, from this card. While exploring your product, you come across behavior you can't quite pin down as good or bad. Which oracle can you consult? 
let's say you find something weird in an application yeah. and you don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Where do you go to or what do you do? Mm, you can record this behavior uh, like on the video uh, and share this recording with your teammates and just ask what do you think about it and um, it will be the start of conversation and uh, afterwards uh, you will either uh, get uh, like <laughs> get a clear uh, justification about this behavior like from management or for anybody who, who knows documentation better or uh, you'll need to create Jira story for a feature and just uh, <laughs> add this behavior or or uh, you will just uh, laugh together uh, at it and see that hey it is not possible so what if uh, don't what if you're it. in a team with two developers and one guy says that's good and the other one says that's bad what do you do then um you can consult with other other uh, people <laughs> so it's not it's not like uh, actually it's not only about the developers True. so someone <laughs> is guiding on what you are building so it's not uh, only like <laughs> your separate team um and you can also gather opinions from other teams because you are not alone i guess there will be some kind of analyst or Business person. Yes. Yes. Anything yep. for analysts? Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add, Eva? Yeah, absolutely. Start that conversation. Start talking to people, and also a handy place to investigate is um, the consistency oracle. So, uh, like, do we have other places in the application that behave in a somewhat similar way, and what can we learn from that? Is the behavior that we found consistent in what we find in other places? Or a reference oracle, I might go to Netflix and check what are they doing <laughs> So in this situation. <laughs> so that that is also, <laughs> that could be also a part of this conversation. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here. Um, how do these people that are listening get into contact with you? Or do you have anything to share, Eva? I'm on LinkedIn. That's pretty much my only social media these days. Uh, so just go search for my name. I'm the only person with this weird surname. And it will and, also be in the description. <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh, come uh, say hi to me on this year's Test Bash. I will be speaking there on learning and how to learn to learn. And it, it's all very exciting and I'm freaking out already. <laughs> so looking forward to seeing it there. All right. Um, Alexander, how do people get in touch with you? Um, in, in most cases, uh, they can touch uh, in LinkedIn or on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter and sharing some interesting stuff here. Um, and yeah, and I'm speaking in conferences from some time to time, but unfortunately, uh, I will uh, join Tezbash only online. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's fine as well. Yeah. Also, okay. <laughs> um, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in in the Testphere uh, Roulette podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it and see you guys next time for another game of Testphere Roulette.
thank you to the guests and thank you for listening. For more information about TestSphere, check out restoringonline.com or buy the car tech from the Ministry of Testing store. Music at the courtesy of sepsplat.com. We'll see you for more roulette again soon.